This is CliffCentral.com. It's time for Anthea. I still think that when you sang this originally, you did a great job. Yeah, I think I think this is terrific. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I just didn't know you had such a singing talent. Well, you know, I can't be perfect, but I suppose. One of my talents. So, Anthea, it's Monday, which means we get to check in on all the big stories in the money shot. Uh, How did the JSE do in the last week? Oh, I'm afraid it's not great news, Gareth. Um, Oh, no. So, like, just this whole year, actually, the market's flat to negative. I mean, last week, there were really two major drivers. Firstly, there was a continued sell-off in emerging markets. Mm -hmm. And secondly, we had lots of consumer-dependent companies um, release results. There were a few bright spots, but predominantly bad news. I mean, I'll start with the macro. So good news is consumer price inflation came out at 4.5%. So things still looking like it's okay. The consumer can sigh a sigh of relief, actually. Food inflation, which makes up about 15% of the basket, came in at 3.7%. That's good. Yeah. That's not bad. So, you know, this is not – remember last year when we had meat inflation at 15 16% because of the drought? Yeah. So this is quite a relief. Um, Petrol, unfortunately, was up about 9%, um, and that's obviously just got to do with the oil price, so – Still a bit of a problem. Um, and then, of course, the VAT increase is now in this inflation price, right? Right. So, so it's good. So 4.5% increase in inflation, not bad, but… It's manageable. But the Reserve Bank. Um, what about them? They met on Wednesday and Thursday, announced on Thursday that they had voted unanimously to leave rates unchanged. So they're just not giving us a break. And not only that, but they've actually turned hawkish. So, so, so when we say dovish and hawkish, dovish means they're going to keep interest rates lower. Hawkish is they'll raise interest rates, you know, like one So why would, why would they do that? I mean, is that to attract foreign investment? Partly, yes, that's spot on. Um, and then Lesetje Kanyako did warn. He, he, I thought he, he was said, our friend. He's, he's, oh. not, he's not lowering interest rates. <laughs> yeah. He's not our friend. Oh, you thought he was your friend, did you? No, no, no I'm not an idiot. <laughs> and he really made a point of warning that it's the exogenous factors. So U.S. interest rates increasing, um, emerging market sell-off, um, and then a stronger dollar, basically a weaker rand. And then, of course, the oil price, right? Oil at $80 a barrel yeah. is not a good thing for us. Um, he did say a couple of things on the local market as well, but I think he's more worried about things that he can't control, and he's right. Yeah. I, yeah, I wish they'd cut interest rates sooner, right? Like well, last year. Half a percent, one percent. Yeah, Give it's not going to break your right? back. Yeah, sure. And then on Friday night, S&P announced that they were leaving South African credit rating unchanged. Well, that's good news. Yes. But so it would be even better if they made it. Incre- yeah. Like improved it, right? Yeah, yeah, right upgraded us rather than get us away, Get us as far away from that junk stuff that Jacob Zuma brought us to. Yeah. That, that's kind of what we want to do now, right? I mean, there were a couple of things they said. We've got a weak fiscal position. Um, net government debt to GDP was looking to increase over 50%. They're worried about that. They're worried about Again, the Again, the parastatals, right? All the parastatals. Because the other thing, the big thing is that um, I mean, is, a, the, is there still a case? Uh, the case seems to have been made so clearly. It's so cut and dried obvious that politicians cannot run companies. This should be the most obvious thing to anybody. And you are seeing South Africa as a company and they obviously can't run it, right? Well, no, I'm talking about the individual parastatals where the oh, boards are oh. usually appointed by politicians and politicians are usually among those people on the boards. When you put people who are 
essentially the winners of popularity contests who ideologues into practical businesses who have no concept of how to operationally run them, what happens is they end up running into debt. Absolutely. We end I, up I in some trouble. Yeah, so do not let the politicians run anything. And everybody who says, let the state run stuff, whether it's banking or mining or anything else, the less the state have to do with it, the better those companies do. That's the fact. You're, you're making a very good case for privatization now, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. It seems to me that this is a no-brainer. And we've got Aaron Mozzoletti out there arguing for the NHI, which is exactly the opposite of what should happen. Yeah. Anyway, all right. I, and, but I digress. And actually, just running companies is difficult enough, right? right. You, you kind of have to have a business head. And, I mean, sure. Yeah. So, so the government's uh, role again would be to… Uh, well, that's, a, that's exactly the point, <laughs> that's right? That's where you're going with this. Yeah. Let's just get their role to a minimum and then they can do the least amount of damage. Okay, should we talk about some company news? So in company news, whew, we had quite a few companies reporting. MassMart, there's a shocker for you. I mean, talk about SOEs being bad. This is a company that's not great. Uh, uh-huh. The share was down 18.5% on Thursday, Thursday alone. They released a trading statement warning that their interim resu- at their interim results, which is coming up soon, their earnings could be down as much as 70%. And I'm, this, I think this is an interesting case study because somebody colloquially, uh, not colloquially, like, uh, just, uh, said to me kind of in passing when we were talking about these results, one of the analysts that he went into Dion Wired because they own, MassMart owns them right. and he priced something and then went away and ordered it on Take A Lot. And I thought like, and wow. he said, well, actually it's cheaper on Take A Lot. Yeah, I could believe it. And so that's the problem, you, you know. And when last have you been into a macro? Well, again, these places are huge, big stores. They must cost a lot to run. Uh, logistically, they must be hard to stock. They they, they have rentals. They have um, space issues. Staff. Staff. Yeah, you're going to take a lot. They have none of that. That's they true. Take a lot. Have a, about couple, any of that. a couple of warehouses and a well-oiled system to get your products at a good price. So I don't know. Where I mean, do you think I Emerson's money comes I, from? I think that the retail sector is under huge pressure. Full stop. Am I right? Absolutely. In fact, all the consumer-led brands, famous brands, also put out. Yeah. I, I was <laughs> just going to say, and then there's that Mark Lamberti situation, which nobody talks about. Well, he's now at Imperials. <laughs> yeah, but he used to, he used, he used he used to, be, to be the guy. When, was, when they were in their heyday, he was the one who masterminded that whole Walmart deal. and Bent a fortune. Sure. Yeah. In fact, they're still spending. They're restructuring. They're moving their head office from Durban to Joburg. That's going to cost them 116 million rand. Oh, there's all sorts going on. Huh. And then, of course, they are retrenching, which they're looking to spend 81 million rand on. You know, there's uh, not easy to run a company. Yeah. And then as I was saying, Famous Brands, they put out their results as well. Again, consumer-led. But if you remember Famous Brands, they're the guys who went to the UK and bought not just British Wimpy, but also GBK, Gourmet Burger Kitchen, spent an absolute fortune. It is a an unmitigated disaster. It's Oh, mess. no. What did it, they pay for it? A oh, lot. A lot. Yeah, hundreds of millions. Um, and I, it's just – unfortunately – GBK now is just too big in famous brands' life for the SA business, which wasn't doing badly, by the way. hasn't done so badly. Um, but, yeah, it, the SA business just cannot compensate. I mean, I think what was interesting was that they did do some sort of survey to find out what was going on, why people weren't 
buying or going into the shops. And some of the, the reasons, in fact, the main reason was that people were eating out less to save money, 23% of people said. Secondly, consciously eating less meat for lifestyle and ethical reasons, 16% of the respondents to their survey said that. And then thirdly, they're trying to lose weight so they don't go and eat burgers. And then fourth, burger restaurants are more expensive than they used to be. So those are the four reasons that visits to GBK have reduced. I mean, I know a couple of people in the UK. When I asked them, they said, well, first of all, they made their their patties smaller and the quality is not that good. So when famous brands took over, basically, they ruined the the brand. Mm. I think it was also a timing thing. Um, And unfortunately for famous brands, I think they're going to find it very difficult to dispose of these businesses because they are on like five to 15 year leases and it just becomes expensive when you kind of… Sure. So is that that going to draw out of their South African businesses? Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Okay. And then Tiger Brands also reported, I mean, sure, I think this was a tough presentation. Um, The CEO is Lawrence McDougall. I think… I wasn't at the presentation, but I heard that one of the analysts actually said to him, why aren't you resigning? Why haven't yeah. you resigned? Yeah. Because of the, de- the, the, the listeriosis deaths. They were, that's what they were pointing to basically. At, at the AGM? Uh, the results presentation. Oh wow. Someone got up and said, you should resign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not shy, these analysts. Eh? Wow. Um, and so they have closed some of their enterprise food meat processing facilities. That cost them 365 million rand. Revenue was down 4%. Headline earnings was down 16%. So that just shows you really difficult trading environment. Huh. And of course, they're probably going to have to put money aside for the legal claims from the victim's family. So that's another expense that they have to, um, be aware of. Um, and then Melissa's Food Shop. Do you know Melissa's? That started in Cape Town. Yeah, uh, basically the most expensive rusks you can find. Well, obviously you're not buying them and neither is any South African because they're filed for liquidation. Oh, hell. Mm. Well, no one sent us Melissa's rusks and that will tell you. <laughs> is that the problem? Yeah, that's the problem. Okay, so there you go. Sure. Shame, so they're in big trouble, huh? I remember that when I'm doing my analysis. Check if products are being sent to Cliff Central because if they're not, it's a, Disaster. It's a doomed company. Yeah. All right. Um, and then Star, you know, the Steinhoff Africa retail business. Ugh, anything with Steinhoff in it, you don't want to touch. Yeah, well, so Star are doing a lot to distance themselves from Steinhoff. First, they've well, paid. Maybe they should take it out of the first letter of their name. They probably should, yeah. Yeah. I think they'll probably just drop Stein off and just call it Star, right? Yeah. Africa Retail. Right. <laughs> um, so they paid Stein off a 16 billion rand loan that was lent from Stein off to Star, um, upon listing. Um, Stein off then used that money to pay back some of their debt, but they still have 8.7 billion euros of debt. Sure. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Star are reporting earnings shortly. And they have said because they're still dealing with the Steinoff fallout, those earnings will be under pressure, unfortunately. Huh. Okay. There is one thing I have to tell you before I go. A bit of good news. I mean, we were complaining about the government and how little they do, but actually they've initiated a project with H&M, the clothing business. Yes. So that now H&M, well, last week, H&M were in South Africa actually looking for local suppliers. Mm. So they're coming to buy from South African producers and manufacturers, which is great because you really want, you know, this clothing great, the, actually the world's second largest clothing retailer right. to be um, 
in the country because then they'll build factories and they'll employ people and and that's a government initiative so well that'll be terrific let's hope they get it done indeed all right anthea thank you very much there's anthea gardner with the money shot this is cliffcentral.com